Working on Thomas. Gets around him. Up under and in. Oh, what a move for Kyrie Irving. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Join with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. Yo, what's good? All right, man. NBA's back. Finally, bro. Finally. It is about it's damn about time. time. Like, it's been a long time without basketball. Yeah. And we've just been past, like, opening night and stuff. And, like, it, you know, the season looks to be promising. You know, like, we saw the Raptors ring ceremony. The, the championship banner was finally put up. It was a definitely a good, um, definitely a good night of basketball. Uh, especially because both games are actually very competitive, too. You know, the Lakers and Pelicans... I mean, sorry, the Raptors-Pelicans game was great. The Lakers-Clippers game was insane. Uh, it was it was really... Especially the Lakers-Clippers one, uh, that was like... That was like playoff intensity, man. Yeah. That, that, was, that was just a fun night of basketball. And just... It just leaves us with a much more promising outlook as far as the upcoming season. Yeah. Season. But, just as we promised in last week's episode, we're going to be previewing the Eastern Conference... Uh, the Eastern Conference and giving you guys our seedings one through eight. And if you guys haven't already one through che- fifteen, one through fifteen, sorry. Yeah. And if you haven't already checked it out, definitely check out last week's episode where we previewed the Western Conference. We basically broke down the entire conference, so definitely check that out if you haven't already. But in this episode, we'll be moving with the Eastern Conference. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into this. Yeah. Number one seed. Uh, this was one that we had a bit of debate and a bit of question about. But then ultimately decided to take it safe and put on the Milwaukee Bucks as the number one seed. Exactly. So uh, we're projecting them at like 55 to 60 wins. Last year, they had a 60 and 22 record and they were first um, in the East as well last year. So like the reason why we had some questions about this was just, well, mainly one thing for me, I know personally, Malcolm Brogdon, losing Malcolm Brogdon, uh, I think really is going to hurt them. Mm -hmm. But in terms of everything else they are the probably most complete team in the east um and they have arguably the best player in Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah i mean like that's the thing about the the bucks like they're a more complete team they not, they still have the depth that they had from last season minus Brogdon like they still have Middleton Lopez they added some good pieces in Wesley Matthews i mean we've talked about the bucks a bunch in previous episodes but the bucks are a solid team and i think the biggest thing because it was either them or the Philadelphia 76ers for us. And I think the biggest edge that, that, that gave the Bucks leverage over the Sixers is the fact that we have less questions about how the Bucks are going to perform. Because they are essentially the same team from last year. Minus Malcolm Brogdon. Min- minus Malcolm Brogdon. But yeah, so like same thing. The Sixers, I know, okay, so they're a year older. I don't think they're going to have as many consistency issues. But the problems do remain of Joel Embiid's health. Obviously, Al Horford will offset some of those issues just by him being there. Um, but I think there will be some slight uh, consistency issues with the Sixers when it comes to a regular season. Now, the playoffs, obviously, it's, you know, the games are spaced out. There's only uh, however many games. So then consistency doesn't really become an issue for the Sixers. But in terms of regular season-wise, I would that's why I would put the Milwaukee Bucks over the Sixers. Yeah. So speaking of the Philadelphia 76ers, we have placed them as the... Consensus number two seed in the Eastern Conference for for the next for exactly the so most season. most people pretty much actually everyone I think has Milwaukee and Philly um, in, yeah as the first two seeds one or two I semi disagreed but uh, okay yeah yeah you're wild bro listen I'm a Raptors fan too but like bro I'm trying to be objective it's over just here, about non biased 
and this is no bias here, okay? Yes, this look, the Eastern Conference is um, I guess the top the of the East is competitive. I I I I can't bro no. Okay. No. Okay. So the, the main thing with the Sixers, we project them at fifty three to fifty seven wins. They are very talented. They're like, the most talented they, team. They have talent. Like they have Embiid, they have Simmons, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Al Horford. Like that's so- a solid group already. Exactly. And and compound that um they might have arguably the best defensive team in the league. Yeah. It's, we'll we'll see what the numbers are. Their defense say, is very But strong. in terms of on paper, they might have the best defensive uh lineup in the league. Yeah. But the, my only question with the Sixers and it's a big one, their offense. Shooting. Because they lost JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick is going to hurt them. And we especially, saw especially watching that first game that first of New game, Orleans. Oh my god. JJ is... Just like reminding us of how good JJ Reddick actually is. This guy can get is. a shot off anywhere. This guy is... Uh, especially when he had Joel Embiid screening for him. Because Joel Embiid is arguably up there with the best screen setters. I mean, he's a big dude. Exactly. So, so when JJ Reddick was curling around those screens, it's a, it, that's an automatic three points, man. And so, like, and then they not to mention, like, they lost, they traded away Landry Shamit. Exactly. They lost Marco Bellinelli over the years. Yeah, like, they they've well, lost, they've lost, they just Mar- lost Marco shooters. Last year, but yeah, they just lost shooters. So they that's gonna be one issue for them. Because Josh Richardson, yeah, he can shoot a little bit. Um, Al Horford can shoot too a little bit, obviously. But these guys aren't knockdown three point shooters. You need to always have that one knockdown three point shooter on to spread the floor. To spread, the, if you want to be a championship team, at least one. Well, I mean, especially because if you look at even like Ben, like Ben Simmons and and Embiid, they're they're not shooters in their own right, so they need exactly. floor spacing. And, and Tobias Harris is a very good, like in good terms player. of percentage wise, very good shooter. But he's not one of those like knockdown shooters either. That he's like, a he's like, more of an off the dribble type of player where he will he will clear or, a shot off. Or the in dribble. terms of three pointers, just a spot up three point shooter, not not someone who will actively hunt a three pointer. You know, yeah. he'll he'll just get the he'll make his threes when he takes them, but he's not one to actively hunt for those, you know? Yeah. Not like a, you know, J.J. Reddy, mm-hmm. Kyle Korver, which they, Kyle oh, Korver is on, the bu- yeah, the Bucks speaking have of Kyle the Bucks, the Bucks added Kyle Korver as well. So, it's it's like, you know, Philly, Philly's going to be a very good team, no doubt. They're going to be interesting, but I think this is also going to be the true test with Brett Brown, because if they if he can't get the most out of this roster... Yeah, then we'll uh, have questions. Because we saw those questions. Be questions. We had, there was a lot of questions last year about his job security and stuff. Yeah. Which I thought was a little bit unfair to him. But I Look, do understand where a lot of it was un- coming from. What was unfair was the whole process situation with Sam Hinkie. And I think people have forgiven him for the record over those years because obviously he had nothing to work Listen, with. Listen, I never, I never had a problem with him over those Because I knew he was at least a very, uh, good coach. You know, like a good to very good coach. I mean, because he came from the uh, Spurs co- coaching tree under Greg Popovich. So, you know, like, they have to be, he has to be good. So, I never put him uh, on blame for, like, the Sam Hinkie stuff. But. Yeah. And one more thing about the Sixers that I do want to point out is that they don't have the best depth in the world. Yeah. Like, after maybe their top seven, they don't really have anybody else who they can realistically rely upon. And even seven is a stretch. I would be like, six, they have maybe six guys who they can throw out on a, on a consistent basis. But either way, right now, if we're going to predict, the Sixers are going to be our number two seed. Now, moving on to the third seed in the Eastern Conference, and we believe it's going to be the Toronto Raptors, even though most people disagree with that statement a lot. Listen, bro, people are counting us out, man. People are counting the Toronto Raptors out, and we are projecting the Raptors have a forty between 47 and 52 wins. So I, I'd say probably 49 or 50 wins would I be think a the realistic goal. 50. Yeah, it would I be think a realistic goal. So last year, obviously, uh, they were 15-24, which was second in the conference. 
uh, with Kawhi. The main thing is that they have most of the same guys returning. Obviously, Danny and Kawhi were huge losses. But this is still a championship team. All of these guys have that championship experience. We now saw, that they've we seen saw, the ring. We've, exactly. We saw, we saw in that in that first game versus New Orleans what championship, what experience looks like versus inexperience. Mm-hmm. New Orleans crumbled down the stretch. The Raptors played even better down the stretch. Yep. Once you get that championship, that's it's invaluable. You can't. There's yeah. no, there's no, there's no substitute for that. There's no number on how effective that sort of experience is. Yeah, all of these guys pretty much had that champ championship experience. Yeah. They still have an All Star Kyle Lowry. It's a confidence booster. Even like, like to say, even like getting a championship, which is such a confidence booster. It's such a low, like it lifts a load off of players. Like Kyle exactly. Lowry. they're more like the team. You, you can, can just, play more. Free. It's a different energy. Like yeah. with the with the team right now. Not to mention that you still have great players like Pascal. Uh, you have who looked great. Who looked great? Fred Van Vliet looked amazing. Um, OG looked even better than he did last year. Yeah, OG looks good. Uh, Norman Powell, even though he didn't play a great game, his shooting—I I can say that for sure. His shooting is definitely a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, this team. And then does we know that great. Kyle, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka—you know, like the vets—they're still going to exactly. They're still going exactly. to put up their points. And they're then the Raptors have young teams. players in the pipeline. They have Terrence Davis, who they who they found undrafted. Terrence Davis, and then they have, not to mention, they have, uh, who else, Rondé and Stanley and, uh, as well. St- Stanley Johnson's. Mm. I mean, like, but they still have these okay. guys on the roster. So in Hey, case, Chris Boucher, to... all of them, Malcolm Boucher Miller. Too. Listen, the Raptors are a very nice team, bro. They're, they're actually a sick team. Like, yeah. Don't, don't sleep, man. They're, yeah. they're good, bro. And look, the Raptors, on paper, don't shock anybody, but I think they're still a great defensive team. Def- great defensive team with depth. They have ball. They value ball movement. Well, listen, the co- the coaching man, Nick and Nurse. Coaching, I yeah. think Nick Nurse can probably uh, win Coach of the Year this year. If they're a third or a second seed, yeah. This definitely. is this is why I this is precisely why I was saying I was debating okay, no, the second I, seed. I don't. Go, I can't say if I the Raptors. If things click for the unless, Raptors, unless I hope not, but unless an injury happens for Philly, no. Then, then if things click for the Raptors, I can realistically see them at the number two seed. I really could because. It's still a good team, and you know the, the the East is so competitive. Like at least the top of the East is so competitive that I can see it happening. But yeah, realistically, if we're if we're gonna have to project where the Raptors are gonna land this season, the third seed seems, seems like the the safest bet. Now moving on to the fourth seed, this is one that I don't have a lot of confidence in. I don't know about you, but I don't have a ton of confidence. Listen, in this man, pick. compared to everything, every other team on this, I I don't have confidence in it. But I'd say it's a more sure fire bet than. Any yeah. other seed. Um, so at number four, we have the Boston Celtics at 45 to 50 wins. Last year, they were a 49 33 team, which was the exact same place we have them at right now, which is fourth. Listen, they're still a very good team. Um, they replaced Kyrie Irving with Kemba, which is going to be an upgrade for them. Uh, even if Kemba's, Kemba's not a better player than Kyrie, but in terms of fit wise, it'll be a better um, thing. One thing I want to see is how uh, Gordon Hayward does, because now I think that he needed one year to at least like get his legs under him, you know, get get. I mean, he dropped twenty five in his first game. Exactly. So, so I think Hayward will him have being a hundred percent or like ninety percent now. I think will have a huge impact on them. I think they'll be a lot better because of it. And I hope. Um, well, I mean, not as a Raptors fan, actually, I don't hope, but. I, I do see at least the younger players taking a step up. I think Jason Tatum will be at least a little bit better than he was last year. I hope, because honestly, what I've seen from Jason Tatum so far and what I saw last season, 
I don't like it. I don't like the direction or the trend that he's taking because I think that he's trying to be be something that he's not on a team that that doesn't need need that. Like Brad Stevens is such a good coach that he will create op- scoring opportunities for everybody. But like if you're going to jack up threes, bad shots after bad shots in a row just for the sake of shooting them, like I don't know, man. But like um, I'm, I hope I hope that's not the case with Jason Tatum. Like I still think he's a good player. And Jalen Brown's also improving as well. They yeah, also- man, like Jalen Brown. Um, realistically, I could even see him all on a all defensive team. He's 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 really good. Yeah. Well, on he just card. got paid too. So. Exactly, he just got paid. Um, the one the one issue that they will have is interior defense. Yeah. Provided that uh, I'm pretty sure they're gonna address it. Sometime. I mean, like they're they're, they're, they're starting center is Anis Cantor. Yeah, and then after that, they have they, uh, they will make a tr- guarantee. They'll make a trade to yeah. fix fix do something about it. But right as of right now, their main issue is interior defense. Obviously, when you have Ennis Cantor starting, and you lose Al Horford, Al Horford was—he's the big loss. Al I don't was, even think Kyrie was a big loss. Al Horford no, is the big Al loss. Al Horford was the big loss. That's that's the issue for uh, Boston. Yeah. So I mean, when you have a situation like that, it's not gonna be very good for you. Yeah. So basically, that's the Boston Celtics. We project them as the four seed. But I'm not 100% confident on where they're going to land yet. Unless they address some of their issues. And moving on to the fifth seed. This is one that I didn't see coming. But I do believe that this team is going to be better than they were last year. And it's the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, we're projecting them on 45-50 to 50 wins this season. Uh, last season, they were 39-43 and 43 record. They were 10th in the Eastern Conference. And the major thing with, with the Heat is that they finally upgraded their star talent. They finally got, like, an actual star. They, they finally since, got a superstar. Since, since uh, like, Wade you and know, LeBron. Wade and LeBron and Bosh. Exactly. So now they, they, they picked up Jimmy Butler, which was huge. They traded away, like, Hassan Whiteside and a couple of Tyler Johnson, a couple of their bad contracts. Uh, and they have some nice pieces in there. Like, Tyler Hero looks looks like a steal of a Bam pick. Adebayo Bam will be good. good this season. Justice Winslow Justice had a Winslow, great game. Justice Winslow, I'm saying... Like he's he's also gonna be very good. Cause last year we really saw him take off, and this year I think he's gonna expand on that. Not to mention you still have some of the veteran guys. Goran like Dragic. You still got uh, Dion Waiters. You still like Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. James Johnson. Uh, like Dion Waiters, I think is gonna. There's still. I don't think Dion Waiters is gonna be there for. <laughs> I mean, far. regardless, he's still a vet who can teach some of these young guys how to play. But uh, it doesn't look like it. The biggest thing with the Heat is that they do have Coach Spoelstra Spol- Spol- still there, and I think people forget that Coach Spoelstra is actually a good coach in the league. He like, is. He's, he's he's a solid. Like the main thing about the Heat is that they have their structure. You know, they have the structure of the organization. That's why we saw last year, the years before, when they didn't even have a star. They were still in the playoff mix. Why? Because they play hard. They have the most um, grueling weight program in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Um, Their training regimens are insane. Exactly. Their training regimens are the strictest in the NBA. So, they still have, like, a hard-nosed team. Their their organization will always go. Which is why Jimmy Butler, I thought, like, I was like, yo, why is Jimmy Butler going to heat? But from a fit-wise... It's a perfect fit. Just... Uh, disregarding winning, because obviously they're not going to win a championship, but if you look at everything else, it's a perfect fit. Jimmy Butler is a perfect fit for the Miami Heat. So, yeah. I think I think that's going to be a, a great pairing for them. Yeah. Uh, and also, not to mention, like, the thing about the, the Miami Heat, like you kind of touched upon it, they're, they've always been a scrappy team, a team that grinds out wins, and I think... It's gonna be no different, like now, and especially now that they have a star. Now, yeah, now they have a closer. Now they That's have the someone big... who can they can reliably close with. 
I can I can see the Miami Heat as high as the fourth as the fourth seed in the in the Eastern Conference, and I think they're one of those teams that if you're seeing them in the first round of a playoff matchup, yeah, you, that's not you good. Don't you don't want, want that. you don't want to see them. You don't want that. You don't want to see them in the first round. Yeah, so Miami number five, six seed. This is one that's going to be very controversial. A lot of people, especially a lot of new school basketball fans, are going to be really pissed at this. But we feel that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're projecting them around 42 to 47 wins. Last season, they were the sixth seed, finishing with the 42 and 40 record. Uh, look, the Nets, they had a great offseason. They added Kyrie, they added KD, DeAndre Jordan, etc., and all the other guys. But KD's missing the year. Like, that. that's, that's like he's, KD's on record saying it himself that he's probably going to miss the year. Well, I mean, we already knew that. And but, they're uh, not going to be complete. They're not they're not gonna be complete. They have a few issues they need to address, mainly the wing position. I mean, I guess I know they have Karis Silver, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, but I mean in terms of actual they're starting Torian Prince right now as a small forward and probably Wilson. No Wilson no Chandler is gonna back him up when he comes back. Um but the issue is like yeah, it's it's just it's 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 not they're a good team and Kenny Atkinson is a great coach, so he'll make them play amazing for sure but i don't see them being better than any of the other teams above them just because of the roster the roster is good no doubt but it's not going to be it's not going to be um i don't think it's going to be like uh, a top tier team yeah like look even like la- like we can even bring up last night i mean the the nets played their their season debut at home kyrie dropped 50 points but they lost. Yeah, to the Timberwolves. They lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who had no business to win that game. So, it really just shows you that this team is... We're not going to see the true potential of this team until Kevin Durant comes back and is healthy in the lineup. So, for now, they're still going to be a playoff team. They're still going to be a decent team and fun to watch with Kyrie involved. But they're not ready yet. And without KD, I don't see them pass the sixth seed. Moving on to the seventh seed. Uh, we have the Indiana Pacers at the 7th at the seed. Uh, with, we're projecting them on 40 to 45 wins. Yeah, so last year they had a 48 and 34 record. They were 5th uh, in the East. The main thing for me, um, the main issue for me when it comes to Indiana is that Victor Oladipo, I don't know how he'll be when he comes back. Well, yeah, when he comes back, I don't know how he'll be. He's definitely going to be rusty. We can predict that. Um, it's probably going to take some time for him to get into game shape. I don't know how good he's going to be this season. I don't know how many games... I mean, it's the ruptured quad. Like, exactly. It's, it's so, not like it's a, one of those yeah. injuries. That, like, if it's a knee injury that's been... Happen, occurs a lot of times. That, yeah. You know, I don't... I don't recoveries... Know, I don't know how... Even, like, how many games he's going to miss this season. Because I guarantee you he'll miss some games this season. Well, I mean, he's already out right now. But um, he's going to miss some games this season, probably. Just to, like, rest, their, uh, rest his quad or whatever. Um... So that's that's the main thing for me. And then on top of that, I mean, I know they got Malcolm Brogdon, which is a really good pickup for them, no doubt. Um, but the one person that they lost was Boyan Bogdanovich, which if you remember last year, the reason why they made the playoffs was probably Boyan Bogdanovich. He really, he really carried the load offensively. Yeah. And like a lot of the things, like the Pacers do, they did, they did, they did lose Darren Collison this offseason because he retired. Uh, but yeah, they, Derek Carlson was a good player for them, and they too. picked up Malcolm Brogdon, which was which was fairly, fairly decent. They they extended Sabonis, but the big thing is that they need some internal improvement as well. To That's take where that Miles Turner comes. Oh, in. but they lost Thad Young too. Yeah, Thad Young, Thad Young was a big loss for them, especially when uh, 
the Sabonis, because usually Sabonis and Thad Young would play together. Mm-hmm. Since Sabonis would play center, and Sabonis isn't really a good defensive center. When you pair him, when you paired him with Thad Young, you saw the increase in uh, production. Yeah. Where Thad Young covered a lot of Sabonis' mistakes, because Thad Young could go literally guard like around four positions pretty much, and he could make up for a lot of mistakes. Now that you don't have a guy like Thad Young. It becomes an issue for you, particularly when you're going with the Sabonis lineup. And the big thing with with the Sabonis lineup, you can't play Turner with them. The Turner Sabonis pairing, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It it, doesn't like, work. and honestly speaking, I would not be surprised if one of them gets moved. I feel like it's going to be more likely Miles Turner than Sabonis because obviously the Pacers just committed money to Sabonis. No, but I, I don't see why you would. Miles Turner's are the better one out of them. So. Well, I mean. Sabonis is more versatile, so we... Not really. He is. I mean, as, as, a, as a player who you can... Yeah, but Miles Turner is better offensively and defensively. Well, Miles Turner needs to show improvement offensively. Defensively, yes, I'll give him that. But like, but that's the thing. If you take Miles Turner outside the paint, he's not as effective as he is inside the paint. Well, no, he and can shoot it. He can shoot it better than no, Sabonis. No, 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 I'm talking about defense. Yeah, he can shoot it better, but Sabonis still has a, a, really. a long mid-range. Yeah, he does have a three-pointer, but he can develop it. It's not like he can't. Miles Turner... Okay, but Miles Turner, I'd still take over Demontis Bonus. I, I I don't know. I, I'm right now leaning towards Sabonis right now. I need no. to see improvement in Turner to be perfectly okay, honest. Okay, but Miles Turner is still a better player right now than Sabonis. Need to see the need to see that improvement. Uh, but yeah, the Pacers are gonna still be a solid team, like kind of like Miami. They're gonna be that scrappy team that's gonna like grind out some wins. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're not going to truly be the team that we've seen over the last few years because they lost Oladipo. Yeah, so um, next up at the 8th seed. So this is where me and Hani uh, deferred. Um, so I have, our, our teams are switched for the 8th and 9th seed. So my 8th seed is Hani's 9th seed. His 9th seed is my 8th. Wait, y- y'all know what I mean. Y- yeah. You know what I mean. It's, it's ba- basically speaking is that we kind of disagreed on who we believe is the 8th seed. Now, Who's going to make the playoffs? Yeah, for, like, with that fighting for that last seed and the in, uh, in the East playoff race. Now, obviously, for me, I kind of went for a more surprise pick, a, a, a young team that I think deserves that, that opportunity and might take that next step. Zishan's going with the more traditional uh, traditional pick. So, Zishan predicts the Orlando Magic are going to make it with the A seed, but 39-43 wins is the projection for both teams. Yeah, so for me, um, personally, listen, I like Atlanta, which is why I have them as my ninth seed just barely missing the playoffs because they're going to be a good team as well. But in terms of Orlando, I think um, the one thing for me is that they I, they made the playoffs last year. Um, and just for them, they can improve upon that. They're going to, they're banking on imp- uh, internal improvement. Um, a lot of the same roster pretty much, but they did add Alfaruq Aminu who, I mean, offensive wise, that might like mess a little things up even more. But defensively, that's the one thing about this team that defensively they're gonna be good. They're they're gonna be really good defensively. Um, Jonathan Isaac looks even better now. Uh, we saw in the playoffs too. He was really starting to pick it up after that All Star break. Um, I don't think that's any co- coincidence with them being having that run after the All Star break with Jonathan Isaac being a big part of that. And we're seeing um, that in the beginning of the season as well. Uh, we saw Markel Fultz. Um, he was he was pretty decent. Uh, in the first game, so hopefully he can become something, and then uh, Mohamed Bamba, um, you know, like hopefully he comes back this year, uh, like ready to ball out. Um, but for me, yeah, personally, it's just is is the experience and the fact that it's a proven roster where they have 
amazing defense. Um, their offense will be a struggle, but they do have amazing defense. That's for sure. Which is why I have them at, over Atlanta. Yeah, for me, I went over. The, I went for the Atlanta Hawks mainly because I think they're just a fun team and they're they're young. Trey Young, John Collins, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be better. They obviously drafted very well this year in DeAndre Hunter and uh, and uh, Cam Reddish. So I, I I'm expecting big things for the Hawks, and I think that if these guys can truly step up into to the way that I think they can, I think they can compete. Like they can compete. Like they have the pieces to do so. And with the with the modern NBA, the way that they play, I think they're going to be in prime position to, to do so. Exactly. So at the 10th seed, we have the Chicago Bulls, uh, 36-40 wins this year. Uh, the main thing about Chicago is they're also a very talented team, I think. They finally seem to have gotten their point guard of the future with Kobe, Kobe White. White. Kobe White really balled out. Looked He's good. Really, he looks good. Uh, Larry Markkinen um, is also really good. I'm a big fan of Larry Markkinen. Uh, not to mention they have a guy like Zach Levine who can who can give you uh, around like 30 points even like on a night-to-night basis maybe okay that's stretch like 20 24 points around you know Zach Levine can get you the, those buckets and then they have a center in Wendell Carter Jr. who's gonna be very good for them as well not to mention they did add that young they still have Otto Porter yeah that young well. too they have that young they added that young uh, Otto Porter like so, so the Bulls are gonna be interesting especially they have a nice team man especially with Boylan yelling at them to, to, to play hard on okay defense. I don't know about the coaching but they're gonna be a nice team as well <laughs> yeah so uh, that's why we have them as uh, our 10th seed moving on to the 11th seed where we have the Detroit Pistons I don't I, I think there's I think there's not much else not we much can to say. say about the Pistons. They're they're eh, they're just a mad team, you know. They're not a good roster. Like the, just the roster and, just and terrible... not to mention Blake Griffin is going to be out for a while. Yeah, so injury. that's the thing already. Blake Griffin's already out. Like he's already this, this guy's knee soreness when the season hadn't Reggie even Jackson started. Apparently yeah. banged up too. So. Okay, Reggie Jackson, yeah, he's being trash. Let's be honest. The one saving grace for them is that they got Derrick Rose, which is I mean he's a good player. Um, Definitely not what he was before, but he's a nice complimentary player. And then, um, yeah, so Blake Griffin's banged up. Andre Drummond is what he is, which is a good player as well. But it's just a, it's just a bad roster, man. It's like, not, like it's not they a, have a, a well-constructed team. A couple team. nice pieces, but other than that, it's a terrible roster. It's not a well-constructed which team. Which is why we have them at the 11th seed, because they have a few good players other than that. Like a perfect trash. example is that like, I was watching them in their, in their, in their opener against the Pacers, and I, like, I would just... I immediately turned it off because I was, because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Like, <laughs> it just, just it's, the it's team ugly, was man. not good. It's just an ugly yeah. team, bro. Uh, next up at the 12th seed, we have the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, they have Bradley Beal, and that's uh, pretty much. It. Well, no, they have Rui Hachimura, which he's a nice player. He's uh, he, okay. No, he's a nice player. I, I, don't I think I think he'll them. I think he'll be good. Um, but yeah, other than that. Uh, they're the Wizards. They, yeah, they're, they're, they're not good. Watch, uh, John Wall's not even gonna play this season, so. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Rui Hachimura, fourteen points, ten rebounds in his debut, so he's not. He wasn't terrible, so. I mean, it's it's the Wizards, and they would honestly be lower had they not be, been in the East and. Bro, the East, I mean, the East, well, these bad. these bottom teams in the East will probably be the bottom of the league as well. Yeah. because so, like all those teams in the West are good. Yeah. Um. Next up at the 13th seed, we have the New York Knicks, who are actually going to take a step up this year for us. Um, With their 100 power forwards. Their 100 power forwards, obviously, it's not ideal, but the fact is, 
the players that the players that they signed are good pieces just not uh, together the players that you yeah, want yeah just just not the players you want and just not together but the point is Julius Randle very good player Taj Gibson good vet uh Marcus Morris a uh, good player as well uh RJ Barrett hopefully you can his debut was his was, debut was good look promising um and then obviously they have like guys like Dan Smith Jr Kino, I hope he can be better this year because he, he should, looked he, should, good in, he looked good in the in, World Cup. Yeah. So I'm hoping he can play better for the Knicks this year. Um, at least uh, be respectable. Then the Knicks are gonna be slightly better than they were last year. That's not saying much. Yeah. That's so, not saying much at all. I mean, uh, yeah, they're they're not good. At they're all. not good. Like, and then these next uh, these last two teams, nobody nobody really cares. cares. Yeah, so Cleveland, we have Cleveland at 14 and Charlotte at 15. Not much to say. Cleveland's probably going to trade Kevin Love. I, I would they, hope so. They better they need, trade, they need trade to Kevin get, Love. They need to get Kevin Love out of there. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. Get these Cleveland, Cleveland um, I didn't... The first game, the Colin Sexton and Darius Garland uh, pairing did look pretty decent, in my opinion. Which I didn't expect, but it did look better than I thought it would be. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland... I mean, people are expecting big things with Darius Garland, but... Uh, I mean, I don't know about that, but, like, the context in Darius Garland thing wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Charlotte, they won the first game because, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington, yeah. P.J. Washington went crazy. Like, he exploded for his debut. Yeah, which is weird because he only made, like, 33s in college or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, but Charlotte's probably going to be the worst team in our opinion. Uh, yeah. They, their best players were Terry Rozier, so... That's not saying that much. Yeah, it's there. The bottom of the East is just the very bottom. Depressing. The bottom of the East, after after like probably Chicago, is just it's re- depressing. It's depressing, man. It's not good. Yeah, but uh, that's basically our uh, predictions for for the, for the Eastern Conference. Definitely let us know what you guys think on social media. We're gonna move on to the up and under segment this week. So yeah, so starting off, we're just gonna quickly go through some of the games that happened. So opening night. Um, Raptors, Raptors versus Pelicans. Uh, the Raptors won. Uh, we talked about it a little bit briefly. Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam both to thirty-four. Uh, the Raptors gutted. Uh, won it in overtime. One interesting thing that was uh, trending around the league was that Lonzo Ball got benched again. He got Luke Walton, as uh, Skip Bayless says. He got Luke Walton, which I don't. I was I was watching the game and I realized afterwards I was like, "Yo, where's Alonzo Ball?" I thought I I thought he got injured too. Like Skip Bayless was talking about how he was injured. He thought he got injured. I was like, "Yo, is this guy injured or what?" And then they brought him back at the end, and I was like, "Yo, why didn't this guy play?" Which is, listen, they have a nice team. They really do. One thing that's gonna be uh, an issue for Alvin Gentry is gonna is gonna be interesting to see how he manages those rotations. Rotations and pick and roll defense. Those were just abuse pick and roll. Yeah, line. but uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, the uh, the rotations are gonna be interesting because of the fact that they have um a lot of guys at the same position. So like JJ Redick, I don't think he'll start when Zion comes back. Whenever he comes back, um, and yeah, also Zion's out six to eight weeks. Yes. Um, we'll touch upon that a little bit. Um, but yeah, so JJ Redick will probably. Go to the bench, I'm guessing, because your starting line will be Lonzo, um, uh, Drew, B.I., Zion, and then Derek Favors. So, it'll be interesting to see how he matches uh, those rotations. Uh, Speaking on Zion's injury, um, yeah, so he has a torn uh, meniscus already. So, six to eight weeks, which is 
a problem considering this is what we said from before the NBA season where when he got injured in preseason. Yeah, we 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 all said okay, like he's a good player, but he's gonna need to lose weight. You you can't you can't run an NBA season with a body like that. It's I mean, not Shaq. He knows. Ask Shaq. Ask Charles Barkley. But like they weren't even more nearly as athletic as no. Shaq. Yeah, exactly. So that's even more pressure on his knees and more weight on his knees. Ask Charles Barkley. That's what Charles Barkley was saying too. He, Charles Barkley's Zion are kind of the same build. Yeah. You know, so like Charles Barkley would know. Um, so I think that's going to be, we're going to have to see how that trends because I think Zion Williamson will like really need to actually lose weight now. Yeah. Touching about some other interesting games, obviously the Lakers-Clippers game, first battle of LA, lived up to the hype, I think. It, it, it was a great game. It was a great game. Clippers pulled it off. I was disappointed in the Lakers since like LeBron didn't really do anything. Um, it is game one, though. It, it is game one, but I was just, I was, I mean, I get, I know that they have a new team and everything, but I didn't, I still didn't like their offense, where it's literally like, oh, LeBron take a shot, AD take like three shots, you know, it was, it was yeah. not good. I mean, they're still going to work on the fit and how getting the playing style to work well, but Danny Green looked great as well. Uh, obviously, the Clippers, Kawhi looked good. He looked really good. Yo, Kawhi is really good. He's man. really good. He's really good at basketball. Um, a couple yeah. other games is Dallas, Dallas and Wizards. Obviously, they were playing the Wizards, but Chris Tapps and Luka looked... They look good, bro. They're going to be a fun team They're to gonna watch. They're going to be really fun. The hype train is real. Yeah. So and I'm driving that thing. Phoenix somehow blew the Sacramento Kings out. Uh, I'm not putting a lot of stock into that one. But yeah, so the Denver Nuggets uh, beat Portland. Hassan Whiteside... Yo, this guy's not putting any effort in defense, bro. Again, like, I was like, yo, change of scenery, he might he might do something. Bro, did you see his defense on Jokic, man? That one possession where Jokic literally just popped a jumper in his face and Hassan Whiteside was just staring at him, bro. That's like the, the stuff, you know, like when you're like, it's like 9 o'clock at night when you're playing street ball and you don't want to even move anymore and you just like, you're like, you just tell it, uh, player, I mean, Whiteside shoot it if you make it, make it, you know? White so, side, 16 points. Okay, but like, but like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't the like the defense. The defense is That's what he's known for. Um, the Utah Jazz beat the OKC Thunder. Chris Paul had a nice debut. Mike Conley had a terrible debut, but I think that is one game. I don't care about that. Donovan Mitchell played great, though. Um, as we said before, the Philly, Philadelphia 76ers beat the Boston Celtics. Uh, you you talked about how you didn't like uh, Jason Tatum's play. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to just touch about the Boston and Sixers thing. It's a lot of things about the Boston Celtics. Like, yes, the, the big thing is their, their interior defense is really bad. Kemba looked great, though. But I, I am, Kemba looked terrible. He looked good in spurts. Like, I'm not going to say like, he had a great... Like, there's not a, a typical... Kemba I mean, it's game. one game, but he was... First first game... But it, yeah, Jason, it wasn't, Tatum, it wasn't good. Jason Tatum disappointed me a lot. Because, like, as far as what I've seen... Like, I didn't watch all that game, but, like, from what I saw, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, and then, uh, finally, uh, as we said before, the Minnesota and Brooklyn uh, game, Kyrie dropped 50. Which uh, I did. I mean, that's Kyrie, bro. He's he's good, man. He's really good. Andrew Wiggins didn't play good, which is disappointing. Until until clutch, where I mean, he actually give credit to him. He actually had some clutch plays. Carl Anthony Towns, who I found interesting, was talking about Beast. afterwards. Carl Anthony Towns was talking about how um, so they went they went to um, they went somewhere over the summer. They went they went somewhere uh, over the summer for. Um, yeah. Yeah. Andrew sorry, we're just, we're just mi- staring at the box score. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins was a minus twenty six. That is really uh, bad. Carl Anthony Towns was talking about how they went to I forget where it was as a team over the summer and they had a like really good bonding trip. He was talking about how it really improved the team's chemistry. 
Um, and you're talking about how, like, even in the first game, we did see, which granted, we did see in the first game, this looked like a, you know, like a committed team. They, they really did a lot more than they did in previous years. And not years. to mention, like, this is probably, like, the first coach that they really respect and, like, I think truly Tibbs was not a good fit Tibbs for them. Tibbs was not a good fit for them. And I think now they finally have a coach that uh, truly understands and how to relate to these to these younger players. Not to mention, uh, he's only, like, what, like, he's not, he's under 15 years age difference with them or whatever. I mean, right? Ryan Saunders is, like, 35. Yeah, exactly. So, so he's so not, he's not old. He's not old at all. So I think, you know, it'll be interesting if Minnesota, Minnesota we have them, I forget where... We had them projected in our last episode. But if they can somehow surprise us and do good, then, you know, that would be nice to see. Yep. Uh, I want to see Andrew Wiggins do good, yeah. but I don't I don't know when that's ever going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the games we briefly touched upon. Now we want to go into uh, a lot of our up and under segment. So we'll start off with all the extensions that happened. So, number one, are you up or under on the Pascal Siakam extension of four years and 130 mil? Up. There's, there's no, no, nothing to say about it. Pascal deserved this money. Uh, and you saw that, 34 and 18 in his first, in his first night with the contract. Not to mention, like, he probably, he might have gone like 40 if he didn't get fouled out on that. Yeah, that, was that, was, that, was that was a garbage call. That was a garbage call. But, I mean, to, be fair, to be fair, the refs were blowing calls all yeah. night for both teams. So, it was like terrible. Um... Yeah, so Pascal Siakam, obviously, I don't think anybody's really debating that money, uh, especially after uh, last night, what he showed, or two nights ago, what he showed. Um, yeah, so we we we've talked a lot about Pascal Siakam already. Obviously, as Toronto fans, you know how we feel about Pascal. We knew he Siakam. was gonna get the money anyway. So, but I think the most interesting one. Uh, next up, are you up or under on the Jalen Brown extension? Four years and $115 million. I am under on that one. I, I Look. Which, in comparison, <sighs> let me let me add on. Which, in comparison, that was what Buddy Heald wanted. And Buddy Heald ended up getting a four-year, $86 million contract. Uh, but that is without the bonuses. So, in the, with the bonuses, he can hit around, like, 120 as well. So, are you up or under on the Buddy Heald contract as well? I'm up on the Buddy Hero contract. I think uh, like four years, eighty six is not it's not a bad number, especially for the Kings. Uh, Buddy's still a good player, and I think he's a better player than Jalen Brown is right now. So that's why I think that it's there's more of a justification to give the money to Buddy than it is to give it to Jalen. Because I need to see what Jalen Jalen shows some improvement. Like if he's on, he, like like Zishan was bringing it up. I think while we were while we were recording or before we started recording, Jalen Brown can easily be a defensive player of the year. Can like like. Uh, all, all, defense, d- all defensive team yeah. uh, member if yeah. he actually performs, but that's the thing. If he performs, like I, I think that he can do it. I think he has the capabilities of it, but I, I don't see where Boston's justification is to pay him, especially not to mention because Boston's already paying Kemba a ton of money. They're paying Gordon Hayward a ton of money, and now you're paying Jalen Brown. You've got to still pay Jason Tatum. Yeah, so exactly. It's like, how are you guys gonna? The manage? one thing about is uh, when Jason Tatum. Once that contract, Gordon Hayward's contract will be done, so they'll probably be able to do it. Um, but yeah, I agree with Hani on that. It really, it really surprised me when I saw that Jalen Brown got that contract. I was like, "What?" I low-key expected Jalen Brown might, maybe to get traded this season, you know. But like, they gave him that four-year, one-fifteen deal. I was like, "Well, I, I was, think Jalen Brown needs someone to believe." I was kind of surprised, man. I was kind of surprised because I was like, "This guy hasn't shown me enough to." Warrant him getting 115 million dollars, especially when I thought Buddy Heald 
should deserve a bigger contract than Jalen Brown should. You know, so I don't know that that kind of for me kind of surprised me. Um, next up, are you up or under on the Devonta Sabonis four-year, seventy-seven million dollar extension with the Indiana Pacers? Yeah, I'm up with that one. I mean, Sabonis has uh, definitely shown that he's not a max guy, but he's definitely uh, a player who um, deserve deserves some money. Like, I think he's he's a valuable piece off the bench. I mean, he was a he was a what six man of the year candidate. Yeah, uh, most improved also Canada as well. Sabonis looks good. Like, I I think he he deserves the money. You know what? I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'm going to go under. Listen, if Sabonis was commanding like a $50 million deal, I would have been okay with it. 77, signing him to that long, but especially, it, it's not even that's as... That's market it's, Okay, no, it's not as much about the money for me. It's the issue of his fit on the team. Listen, I know he's... Are you really going to pay a, a six-man a $77 million contract? Especially when but you I don't know think they're grooming when, him as a six man though. I feel like they're grooming him to be a starter. Okay, but how we've seen him play with Miles Turner. You're not gonna trade Miles Turner. Oh, we don't know that. Well, I we highly, have to see one I highly more doubt. I I wouldn't trade Miles Turner over Demontis Bonus. It depends I would, on what I get. I, I can get some unless, decent players. Unless unless the Indiana Pacers still want to trade Demontis Bonus, which I would understand. Yeah, the that. con. Like, Look, also signing him to the contract does make him very a lot more tradable, and obviously he's not eligible to be traded this season. But he, you can trade him down the road. Exactly. So I would, I would understand that. But in terms of me having Demontis Bonus and Miles Turner together separately, they're good players. But if you're having that under one, um, one payroll, one team, I think it'll be an issue. Um, and moving on, uh, finally the Dejounte Murray four-year, sixty-four million dollar extension. With the San Antonio Spurs. No, no, no need for extra comments. I mean, like, he's deserves the money. Like, the Spurs believe in him. I like him a lot as a player. He's the future for the San Antonio Spurs. All defensive team. So. He's an all defensive team member. Like, he is the future for the San Antonio and Spurs. And they got him a good deal, bro. 64 mil. It's I was, cheap. I was it's surprised it's that he signed friendly. it. Yeah, I was surprised. That. I guess the one thing was probably the ACL, uh, ACL injury, which probably lowered the money for him. Probably. But, yeah, I was surprised that they got him on such a good deal. Yeah. So moving on to a few more news stories this week. Are you up or under on Giannis saying that resigning will be harder if the Bucks underperform? I'm up, bro. Giannis of Toronto 2021, fam. Let's get it. Listen, bro. See the plans in Bucks? I don't think they will. Well, it depends what his uh, definition of underperforming is. If his definition is, we sent Michael you know, Graves. like oh, may, like getting the sixth seed or something, then I don't think that's going to happen. If his definition of underperforming is not winning the championship, then that's a very real possibility. Listen, Pascal Siakam, we have him signed through. Pascal Siakam is a perfect second option for whoever wants to come to Toronto and try to win a championship. I mean, Masai Ujiri, it. Ujiri, exactly. That's Pascal Siakam as his first year as an actual player, you know? Yeah. Masai Ujiri has proved that he knows how to build teams. If Kawhi want, uh, if uh, Giannis want to come, that would be a perfect opportunity for him. Yeah, um, and not to mention like Toronto's gonna have a clean slate. But you want to hear my conspiracy theory? What? Uh, Masai sent Michael Green from Sportsnet to, to ask <laughs> ask Giannis this question. <laughs> Don't worry, no, Michael Green went in disguise. Apparently, He's Grange Michael. Apparently, um, uh, he said this to a Harvard professor. Yeah, Harvard professor. That that was, was some it was, that was a disguise. Was some Michelle. I don't know. I forget what her name was. I don't remember. It's, it's low key Michael Grange. Yeah, but um. I mean, I'm up on it as a Raptors fan, so Giannis is Toronto in 2021, man. Let's get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, moving on. Are you up or under on Draymond Green 
finally admitting that he was wrong in the in the argument. Bro, was he wrong though? Was he wrong? That's why I'm, I'm under on him. No, he was, was not. Was he wrong? Was he really wrong? <laughs> he was not. Listen, from his perspective, yeah, I would see why he thought he might have overstepped it, you know? Which I get that, like, you know... Maybe the like, way it was to, delivered. To, yeah, the way it was delivered. But was he really wrong in that no. argument? Because at the end of the day, Kevin Durant did leave. We all predicted him to probably leave as well. And he left. And he left. And, you know, I will side with the fact that Kevin Durant should have gotten the ball in that possession. Because Draymond, I don't know why he was bringing the ball up in, with like five seconds left. I don't know. You you give that ball to Kevin Durant and you get out the way and let him take the last shot. So I do side with Kevin Durant on that. But, I mean, was he really that wrong? Eh, I think it's just KD got in his feelings a bit. I don't know, man. Like, listen. What? I don't know why, like, man's are still talking about this, bro. Like, KD's on the Nets, bro. It's they need something to talk bro. about. Dead it, yo, they need something to like, talk about. I don't, I don't I don't know, man. Yeah. Next up, are you up or under on Fred Van Vliet calling for baseline cameras to be moved back? I'm up on that one because I feel like, number one, like you're putting the camera people in danger because you, when you have like six foot, like seven foot guys, like he, oh, two, uh, 230 plus pound guys la- jumping and landing on you. Like, you know, Yo, ask NFL camera like, guys. Bro. Like the, the, ask look, NFL that's dangerous. Guys. That's dangerous. Not first of all, and second of all, it's a risk of the players. The players they need to, they have they have money on the line like here, and you can't tell me that they want to get injured on the stupidest thing like oh I tripped on a cameraman's foot and I ended up uh, tearing my like breaking my tearing my ACL, like you know like they they don't want something stupid like that. So listen, bro. Um, I've been saying this for years, bro. I've literally been saying this for years. Especially what happened after you know the Paul George leg injury in the Olympics. I've been saying that cameraman should be moved back. Because, bro, we're in the 21st century, but we have good enough cameras. Like, we don't need the cameras to be that close, first of all. Second of all... Or put a barrier Fred, or something. Fred Van Lee was talking about how... Um, he was talking about how it's already happened to him, like, a good five or six times since last year. And we saw it. Even, bro, they put... Um, after, after LeBron, if you remember, after LeBron smashed his head into a camera... They put tape around the baseline where the camera guys are at, so that the camera guys know the band boundaries of where they're supposed to be. Yes, uh, when Fred Van Lee tripped over the camera guy's foot, man's foot was clearly out of the ba- boundary line. So these guys stick out their feet and everything, which I can understand. You're not gonna be like cross-legged, cramped in whole space for like three plus hours like that, holding a fat camera. You know that's not gonna happen either. Which is why I say, for everyone's safety, just move it back, bro. We have good enough cameras in the 21st century. We don't need to be, like, up close trying to, like, be monitor. The get the drones going. Yeah, exactly, bro. Well, I mean, we already we have the lines up top, so it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, the, like the cameras, are good. the technology is there. Something can be done just to prevent. Yeah, just move f- it back. Prevent. Bro. I really a bad, bad because, situation. Like, that's, that's just a bad, you know. You don't want. You it's don't an accident want, waiting to happen. You don't, exactly. You don't want. You don't want to cha- be like the NFL only change something when something big happens, you know? Yeah. You got to be progressive. Moving on, are you up or under on Clay Thompson unlikely to play this season? So Steve Kerr basically went on the record saying that it's unlikely Clay's going to play this season. Well, I mean, I'm under for the Warriors uh, perspective because I really thought I mean, this makes me question I might cuz last last episode I think I had them as a 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might put them as an 18 now. I still have them as a 16. I had them right, 17. Okay, no. I, I'll probably lower them now. Just because I thought I had, I thought Clay might play. Um, and now that he's not, I think I might, you know, like, lower that. But regardless, um, 
he was gonna come back during like February, March anyway, so it might not have been that big of an issue. But obviously now for the playoffs, especially for the Warriors, uh, they won't have uh, All NBA defender and Clay Thompson to, which is the biggest uh, part for them. And then on top of that, they won't have a splash brother who does so much. Um, so yeah, I think it's I'm I'm under it for it, uh, as the Warriors' perspective. Um, almost finished moving on actually no this is the last point um demar Rosen and the san antonio spurs are far apart in extension talks are you upper under on the spurs giving demar Rosen that uh max contract that he wants i am under on that i feel like uh, the spurs should not give demar Rosen a max contract because he's not part of their future plans demar is what 30 now he is Obviously, he, he is, is what he is. Yeah, he is what he's he not is. like, even though Demar has proved us wrong in the past, he's not gonna get any better than he is now. Yeah, like he's he's probably where he's at. Uh, and which I, is still a good. Player, and I don't think he will get a max contract. I yeah. feel like he'll get something slightly less. He's a good player. The problem with him is he needs to win. He's not he's not a good fit for today's NBA. Not a good fit for today's NBA. But he needs to win. That's the biggest thing. Like, look, if I if I'm Demar, I would take take an opportunity to go on a contender. Just to, to hop on a contender, maybe win a win a ring or compete for a ring. Like well, if, that's where he was before, and then go he to got LA? traded. What if he goes to LA? One of the LA teams. Like yeah, but what that, the thing is, I don't know if a contender would want him. Because he's obvious. He's, he's still, not. He's still he's a not, useful piece. He's not. He's Imagine not, DeMar off the bench. But listen, will he come off the bench though? I don't think so. He's not gonna command a minimum contract. No, nobody's gonna give him a minute. He's not gonna take a minimum contract, which means he's gonna take even if he doesn't take a max, he'll take a good chunk of money. You most contending teams, I guarantee you, don't want to spend a good chunk of money on a guy that can't shoot threes and is not a good defender. Yeah, he, they, they don't want that, bro. That's not gonna happen. So my thing is like it makes sense for them to be far apart in extension talks because the Spurs are notoriously good for developing their shooting. You know, and if Demar Derozan took a step back shooting last year, I don't know how that's gonna work out. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why. I, I don't think that's gonna be good yeah. for him financially either. Low key though, this is something that I, 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 I kind of look. I kind of hope happens, but I don't think it will. But I, I would love to see Demar come back to Toronto. You know, yeah, see, just again, on just on a lower tier contract. Like again, I, I don't think that would happen just because Toronto's so far like apart in you know, what they're doing right now. Because t- Toronto's pretty much fully embraced a few veteran guys and young guys in a yeah. retool, you know? Yeah. I think just as a fan, I would love to see DeMar back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fit has to be has to be there for it to work. But with that, that concludes this week's episode. We I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys agree or disagree with our predictions for the Eastern Conference, let us know. Uh, follow us on social media for all the latest updates you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at up and under pod that's up letter n under pod follow us there for all the latest updates uh subscribe to the show on wherever you can find a po- wherever you can find a podcast apple podcast google podcast spotify uh find us there with the up and under podcast and yeah as always guys we'll see you guys all in the next episode take it easy take it easy Peace. Peace.